This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah folks i hope you've been continuing to keep safe keep everybody else safe and socially distancing yourself and doing all the things that you need to do to keep yourself you know quarantined and hopefully we can get this thing over with as soon as possible you know judging by the news and everything eh it's 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 now weighing evenly on what's going to happen considering some people's actions and selfish actions and inconsiderate actions if i might add um but i hope that you the listeners here are being safe i'm hoping i'll be able to provide some space of your time to talk about some of your favorite things going on in, in, in the world of our favorite fandom so uh we do have a pretty good loaded show today we got some news that definitely came about this week uh in regards to the cw and some other things and on the top of our hour of our show actually our talk topic this week we are going to review scoob based on my decision after I was trying to rely on our ACMG Facebook group to do so, and they went split on this as to whether I should watch this movie or Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel, I decided to, I mean, literally the votes were split. It was legit split. I was, I was like, damn you. <laughs> but I've come to the uh, executive decision to go with Scoob, and we're going to talk about that in our talk topic this week as to why that was a very good decision to do. So 
we're going to do that and much more. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So despite COVID-19, CW Network has been really on the ball, keeping things going as much as possible. They recently just announced that the Superman and Lois TV show that we've been waiting for for quite some time will be premiering in January of 2021, which is awesome. It's a great time. Plus, it's my birthday month. I'm looking forward to checking that out. And uh, the show will focus on Lois and Clark's challenge of being married with children, two children to be exact, if I'm correct, uh, while trying to save the world from epic threats, as you would uh, as you would expect. So the show will also have appearances of childhood friend and former love interest Lana Lang who I used to get those two mixed up uh, when I first heard of her. I, I didn't notice the difference between Lana Lang and Lois Lang. And then in some cases, if you've read certain comic books or if you watch certain animated TV shows, they kind of look the same in some cases. So I think one, I think Lana has red hair to some extent, but it, it was, uh, it was, it took me a while to get the difference of, uh, of them. And I think super, no, Smallville was the one that kind of, you know made the difference there and of course that's live action so that makes a lot more sense from that but she will be a part of it but she will also be married with child as well and married to what is uh, said to be a firefighter who may play an integral part in this whole thing as well so i don't believe there will be any love triangles or uh, drama situations involving her on this because some there are some cases that you know they reflect on the past between clark and lana as opposed to Lois and uh you know it, it sometimes they sometimes go there on a narrative point but it looks like they're not going to that direction here uh the show will star Tyler Hoestland uh if I'm pronouncing that right who is from Teen Wolf we've seen him recently on um as Superman on Supergirl and recently on Crisis on Infinite Earth as well and if you guys don't know he is also the voice of Zephyroth on Final Fantasy VII Remake, so, which I think he did a fantastic job doing as well. So he will be there along with uh, Elizabeth Tulick, who's, who also will be reprising her role as Lois Lane on in the Arrowverse um, shows. And I really, really liked her. I think she made, to me, maybe my favorite Lois Lane among all of the Lois Lanes prior to the Donner movies, um, where I believe Marco Kidder was the one who uh, I could be wrong on that one, um, who did that role. But she, I, I like, I like her. I like her vibe. I like everything about her. There's a balance to her, you know that you know. There's attractiveness, but there's also like it. There's not a heavy focus on it. And I always felt that some of the choices for um, Lois Lane were it, it was more superficial than anything. And it didn't really focus on her personality. And I felt like this recent version really captured that. And I, to me, I think it was as possibly the best Lois so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing those two and, they, and their chemistry really gels as well. So I am excited to see this show come in and see where this is going to go because you got Supergirl that's already out um 
uh, Melissa Benoit has done a phenomenal job with this show uh, since the CW and Greg Berlanti has, you know, transitioned it over from uh, CBS, which, God, that was, I, I one of these days I may want to go back to the first season of Supergirl and really look at how awful the first season was, and especially when they brought in Red Tornado. I think that was the epitome of the entire season summed up in one is if when you see what they did with red tornado in the beginning and then when they when they went to the cw and it was added into the Arrowverse completely that the the new version of everything everything just evolved dramatically with that show but the first season it was a struggle and it was so to the point that i it it just feels like it was more of on cbs's part than you know the studio and the network's part of how they wanted things and they didn't know how to do it much like nbc did with constantine and now it's on the cw it's one of the it's been the best show since and especially the last couple episodes um that has been uh aired recently it's just been really good so i'm looking i'm definitely looking forward to this um the show will most likely be connected to the aftermath events of crisis on infinite earths too so i'm expecting them to bring references to that show as well and you know just complete it now a lot of people uh online where it's been wondering like who's going to be his rogue gallery because is he you know it looks like you know uh kara has pretty much had everybody that he that she has fought with to up from even up to lex luthor you know so she has pretty much all of superman's rogue gallery everybody except for doomsday she has fought so it'll be interesting to see if they're going to share if they're even going to be in the same world i it it really i really don't know where this is going but i i'm excited about this show i i personally like all of the CW shows, even Legends of Tomorrow, which for some reason some people think that Legends of Tomorrow is not their cup of tea, and I can understand that because they want the boom pang zoom. But I like the premise of these guys are just going out and going in different time zone, uh, time eras, and just partying all the time and doing something crazy to screw up time, the timeline, and I think it's awesome. I mean, it's it, not every not every premise or narrative of a comic book based show needs to be the same formulaic way i like the dire- i like that they went a totally different direction with this while still having some action-packed times and moments with the show so i, I it's it, and it's a definite change from everything that they've done with the other shows some are dark some are not some are uh heroic and light some are not uh, some of them have dramatic or dramatic moments than others and then other ones is just fun this you know legends is fun so I, I love it um moving on to some other news and then i'll get to something i wanted to talk about in reference to this because it needs to be said in reference to the cw arrowverse and that is um it looks like the cw has picked up the rights to dc universe's swamp thing and i am extremely happy about that now while i'm happy about that it doesn't mean we may see what we want to see just yet so as reported on variety.com the cw acquired the broadcast rights to dc universe's original series which aired on the app if you and if you are a subscriber of the app more than likely you've saw this show and 
really enjoy the show and wondered why the hell did they cancel it in the first season it was boggles my mind it's it's the same it's the same type of feeling i had when nbc got rid of constantine and a lot of the reason why they got rid of constantine it wasn't because of the show's quality it was more on the direction of the network putting it on a friday which is the worst day to put that type of show on you're not going to make any viewers on a day that people pre-covid19 was going out to enjoy a great time or outside partying or going out to clubs or you know hanging out or going to events friday saturday sunday is that day and they put it on a dead day it was almost like they sabotaged it intentionally so this led to Berlanti Productions moving the Constantine character and, and so really supporting the Constantine, uh, Constantine character by putting him onto Arrow, an episode of Arrow, which was absolutely phenomenal. And they poke fun at what NBC has done from there. And now Legends of Tomorrow is uh, has been out for quite some time. They you know fluctuate and you know rotate new characters in and out like a revolving door and Constantine has been a sort of a mainstay for the last couple seasons and he's been a very welcome very welcome addition to that show and the universe as well added to that he was all he's also the voice of the animated versions as well you know Matt Ryan so it it really tells you it really speaks volumes of the support that they have and of of Matt Ryan's talent for this character. He is John Constantine. I, I, I'm sorry, John Constantine. I know Keanu Reeves was at some point, but I, you know, after understanding more about the character uh, that I didn't before when I watched that uh, movie, I like this one much better. Matt Ryan is a hell of a John Constantine. Like, what he says, I gotta watch that movie again too because when i first i went to the movies to see constantine back when it first aired in the wb and i had no absolutely no knowledge of what this character is i i you know i just saw it was keanu reeves he still had his dark hair the whole look of it looked very it looked very matrix like and i think that they were trying to play off of that but not knowing what the hell was going on with that show and i watched i watched that movie and it freaked me out to a point that I haven't watched it since. But now watching the new Constantine movie, I mean, and I'm sorry, TV series and all everything that he's been involved in, I may want to go back and watch that again because now I have an understanding of what's going on and see if it if Keanu Reeves really did play that character well as opposed to Matt Ryan now. But it looks like what they're doing with Swamp Thing. I digress. What they're doing with Swamp Thing, basically, it looks like that they're taking over the rights and they will be able to air the show with uh on the cw uh the entire season of the first season and the question is will they do it again you know he did make an appearance a small appearance on crisis on infinite earth uh earth's actually plural and along with along with titans during a certain part of one of the episodes of crisis on infinite earth which indicated that there is a connection to all these different universes so and with crisis on infinite earths now all being combined to one earth at this moment this gives them an opportunity to add swamp thing into the universe easily so it could be possibly that he may wind up in an episode of 
any of the shows um i mean there's so many to choose from most like the most appropriate one will more more than likely be legends of tomorrow uh you could also be on supergirl i doubt it but he could be also on black lightning as well flash more than likely and even star girl which is set to premiere this week so which i'm really looking forward to now that i know some of the rogue gallery that's going to be in this uh, involved in this show like solomon grundy for god's sake i am i for goodness sake i've been waiting forever for them to do solomon grundy since they mentioned him on arrow so that's happening in disregard to one of they uh a butch that made uh into solomon grundy on uh gotham which was really weird really really weird that they did that but it was it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that new show but um i'm i'm so excited to see what they did what they're going to do with swamp thing in some form or fashion but he's he's officially going to be in so i am great with this we, now we had this discussion on the acmg facebook group and this is the part that irks me about people on the internet people like to make this is the truth and i'm included in this but i i'm different in a sense of when i speak something is based on what i know and based on my knowledge or what i've read there are some people who just want to voice their opinions without any merit of understanding or information going on and it 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 truly 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 irks me to see when people do that and i always try to test them out when they do this because nine chances out of ten is based on information that they don't know or have but they're just going off the mouth you know and i i I have a saying to this it is best to know and say than to say without knowing and i'll say that one more time people it is best to know and say than to say without knowing please remember that the next time your mouth opens up with no merit and i say this because you have people who tend to want to speak their minds but don't have any reference to what they're speaking of so they're just putting off opinions didn't read anything it didn't even read the article just looking at the headlines whatever like that of the of the post that is coming out and just going from there but doesn't know i had somebody on there that was looking that was listening to uh that was looking at the headlines gave their opinion but they did not ever even read the article nor did they realize that there was an actual swamp thing series out and because of that they ended up saying and the likes of i don't think this is going to work but did not know that there was already a season that has already been put out there and i'm like first of all are you have you watched any of the um greg berlanti arrowverse shows no (laughs) have you did you know that he was it that was already a, uh, a season out there no so why do you have an opinion on this and why does it matter if you don't look into things why are you just automatically this, this is the part that bothers me about people they want to have merit they want to make their opinion count and make their voice heard but your voice has to ha- carry some some filler to it it needs to carry some weight to it in order for it to matter and if you're just you know and this is how misinformation happens too because people are giving off these off the wall oddball opinions about certain things but not doing their homework and research to figure out why or what and the thing is, and then you got people also who claim that they didn't like a show or two and they're entitled to that but i can tell you this 
the one opinion does not dictate the many. I say that again. The one opinion does not dictate the many. And some may agree on it. Others may not. There's usually a minority of negative opinions out there. There's more of a majority of positive to to a lot of things. Some things are rare where everybody's in unison that something is not up to par. And that happens. But when it comes to the CW shows, there's always somebody who claims that they don't like watching the CW shows, that it's not successful, that it's not, it sucks or whatever. Here's the, here's the thing. Here is the reality of that statement or that belief. If you look at from Arrow, which has been out for about seven seasons, you look at The Flash, which has been out, Arrow's been out for seven or eight, I think. You look at The Flash, who's now on, I believe, their sixth season. You watch Legends of Tomorrow, who's now in their fifth season. Black Lightning is in their third season. You look at all of that. And although this show supposedly sucks in the opinions of the minority, they keep still making episodes. There's still new episodes. They're still being approved for a new episode. Here's the reality of this, people. If the, each show, any show that is airing on a network has to have some viewership and a stable viewership, a weekly stable viewership that allows them to maintain on that network at the time slot that is that is given to them. That time slot, when they get when they get that time slot, it is up to that production company who was given the time slot to air their show on that network to make it so entertaining, captivating, intriguing, to get you so immersed in the characters and the story and the development factor that it makes you want to watch it again. And you know what happens when that happens? Ratings grow. Ratings grow. It rather, it rather stays stable, or it goes higher than norm. And it, some of them, to some, it becomes the highest rated show of that time slot, of that day, of that evening, of that prime time area. If that happens, then this eventually leads to sponsorships. Sponsorships pay for the network. You can't have the network if you don't have money revenue coming in and who pays for that revenue sponsorships pay for that revenue so if you got the cadillacs the buicks the the liquor commercials the uh power a commercials you know anything anything that is paying to get that time slot of the most popular tv show at that time that is successful and the cw shows have aired for almost a decade leading into a decade by crisis it's been like what seven eight years now that all of these shows that are connected together have been airing which also i believe has led to the dc universe app as well all of these shows these popular shows since arrows begun has gained a viewership that viewership has turned into a fan base and what happens from there again they get sponsors so had they not got the viewership, the consistency of viewership that they've gotten, no sponsors would want to air their product or their brand on that show because they're not getting enough eyes to see their product, which means they're not getting any money from their product. So it's a waste of money being spent. With the fact that 
these shows have consistently stayed back to back years and they've been getting contracts back to back years equates to success that is what i'm talking about so you can say that you in particular don't like a certain show that is fine that is you're entitled to that but you you have to have this delu- you need to get this get out of that delusional mindset that just because you don't like it that means a whole bunch of other people don't like it and you there, you may have find some one or two or a few people that may not like it as well but at the end of the day you may be a small percentage of people that don't like it while others do and you have to respect it as much as they should respect the fact that you don't like it as well and i will even give you further proof of why all of these shows and i'm going to add riverdale to this as well is so successful and i'm going to add go on to netflix and add uh sabrina which is connected to riverdale the last two times i've gone to san diego comic-con i went in 2000 and 15 i believe and then the second time 2017 both times i've gone wb has a section in the in the um, san diego convention center and in those sections they give you the opportunity to stay in line in this long ass line that is the equivalent of like a social security line or a welfare line to some extent it's that long or a line for a concert let's put it like that it's a very 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 long line it's almost as long as hall h but not nearly that long but it's in this long line you get the opportunity to uh, meet some of your favorite actors of certain tv shows that the wb actually holds from mike tyson and mike tyson's mysteries that was the first time i've ever seen this and i uh i missed the opportunity to meet mike tyson i'm so mad <laughs> of that but the first year because our first year of san diego comic-con is the first time they aired and premiered uh that mike tyson mysteries was coming and i still have my grab my uh swag bag with mike tyson on there as well um and then you got the arrow characters that are there you got the flash characters that are there you got the riverdale cast that's there every time those people are out and they announce that these this there's the session for this particular show is coming and the actors and 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 crew of that show is coming those lines are freaking horrendously long that is telling you the success of that show when they are able to have their own major section in san diego comic-con that tells you that that show is successful there's a reason why these shows have stayed on for long so regardless of what you think is not good or is going to suck or whatever like that look at the numbers research the the ratings research the numbers there's a stable consistency of viewership that is allowing and to their credit greg berlanti and berlanti productions help build cw and strengthen cw they the majority that's why the majority of their shows are dc comic based shows is because the majority of those shows the biggest viewership of those shows are coming from those tv shows based on dc comics so before you actually give an opinion have the backup and merit in numbers to back up your claim 
Don't just go off in the mouth and say anything without merit. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about that, because it, it burns me whenever I hear this. And, and people think that their word is going to be, you know, solidified just because they give a few words of what they think of it. And, that, and again, they're, it's valued. But to what extent? That's all I'm saying. Like, at least tell us why you think that is bad. And then try to figure out why people are loving it. You know, not to say that you need to advocate and love it yourself, but maybe you just need to find out what the lore is. And a lot of times it's people who the people who don't like it is because it's one of their favorite characters and it's not it's off the it's off the the canon of what they wanted to see. And I get that because I I can make that argument about Venom and how Venom and the movie I believe that Eddie Brock would have been a much better villain than he is a hero because he just was not supposed to be. Eddie Brock was not supposed to be a hero at all. And I think it's just, I think at least to the CW credit that they do loosely base their characters off of some of the canon lore of the comic books. Whereas Sony, just because of their lack of Spider-Man, just decided to make Venom a hero. And it's the worst thing ever, in my opinion. Like, if just at, on its own yeah it's i can see why people like it on its own if if you don't know about the movie or the premise the actual source and premise then if you look at it on that base then i would i can understand why people will like it but for me personally and it's just me it, it really didn't work with me in a stretch and, and again this is a whole new universe so i mean i can respect it to that note but it's just me i love this storyline so much of eddie brock being this vengeful you know um this vengeful hating resenting uh man who hated peter parker for exploiting him for the fraud that he was and using venom venom's a heartbreaking heart um, breaking symbiote to team up with them to kill spider-man and peter parker how badass of a storyline it is instead they just went a whole nother direction because of their and it's not even just for the fact that they wanted to be different it was just spiteful i I truly believe that direction was just spiteful but it is what it is and it ain't what it ain't there's nothing i can do about that but you know i can understand it but it did make some money so who who can i who or who who am i to say in this case so let's move on to some other unfortunate sad news that just came on this week and that is wizard world wizard world comic con and i knew this was coming i just knew this was coming i mean they've been doing some they've been reverting to other things uh to their credit and they kind of started the online con type of thing where they invite celebrities to do online streams and whatnot and you had to pay a certain fee whatever so i really I really like I really respect their uh, their hustle on air, but it was inevitable. It looks like Wizard World Comic Con is postponed in St. Louis and here in Philadelphia until 2021. Now, the event in Philly was originally scheduled for uh, the for June 19th and 21st. No, actually, I'm sorry. In St. Louis, it was scheduled for the 19th and 21st of June at America Center and Oh, wait, no, it looks like the same thing for um, unless I wrote those notes wrong, but it was supposed to be in June. 
in Philadelphia well at the uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center. But it's now postponed due to COVID-19. Uh, fans who pre-purchased the general and VIP tickets for the original dates may use those for the new dates announced, uh, which is now, unfortunately, will be in March 12th and 14th in St. Louis. And now in January 15th and 17th, that literally is the day, the day after my birthday. And it is Martin Luther King's birthday. So I don't know how appropriate that is in a sense, but that's, I, that was the time that they were given, unfortunately, and they had to go by it by there. It'll be interesting. Plus it's the winter time too. So I don't, it's going to be interesting to see how many people are going to go to a con in the wintertime because cons are usually synonymous with summertime or springtime, usually warmer climate, you know, because you especially for cosplayers who have to, you know, it's just a really bad time. Anytime from the late fall into the winter, it, I, I'd never seen anybody actually be able to do it. And we don't know. I Anything can happen in January anything can happen in january in this case so we will see but you know it's on martin luther king's actual birthday which is january 15th to the 17th 2021 not only is it on a new date in philadelphia but it's also now in a new location it is again unfortunately on at the greater philadelphia expo center now i can't speak for st louis because i've never been to america center um they looks like their location hasn't changed just their date but having wizard world comic-con at the greater philadelphia expo center may be part of the long-running downfall of this brand and this is the just the nail in the coffin right here the greater philadelphia expo center has been the home of some really some local cons that a lot of people enjoy locally but while it's just a great it's to me it's the equivalent of a just a hangout house party compared to what you would get from you know uh being at the pennsylvania convention center or san diego comic-con or new york comic-con which to me is like the coachella of a bunch in a sense and yeah it just it's it that's how far off to me it is i've been to a couple of cons in the greater philadelphia expo center and they just don't have the means to make it to give it that that really special feel in my opinion um both times that i've gone for for two different fan-based events and and uh conventions i couldn't tell the difference between the two they both looked exactly the same it's just a open warehouse space that you can have anything in there and it looks like kind of it give it, it if if you if i can really give it a description it kind of gives that that bizarre or flea market type of look which for a comic book convention is you know a a a, a company like wizard world there i don't know how they're gonna do it where it's gonna make them look good i, I don't know what they're gonna do as far as panels um because i don't i don't think if i'm correct the greater pa um convention the greater pa expo center does not have like any floors if i'm correct let me look this up real quick yeah yeah i'm looking at the pictures right now yeah it's it's oh man i mean they use it for car shows and stuff like that and 
it's eh, it, it, yeah I really don't see anything special about this area that's gonna make it look anyway good um yeah it, it's just it is what it is it is what it is i mean it, it's it's a cool place but like for a comic book convention like put it like this and i i really really say this really really say this if you've ever been to san diego comic-con not to sound like a snob or anything or uppity or whatever but if you ever been to new york comic-con or san diego comic-con or hell at least any place that is uh housed in the philadelphia convention center and you compare it to the greater pa expo center then you have to know that there is a major contrast of quality in these buildings in this venue and it, it i mean there's a major difference like the pennsylvania convention center has a top floor where you where they have different you know hall areas it's a smaller version of what you would see from san diego comic convention center but they have the same capacity of our capabilities of having separate private halls where you could have different panels and stuff like that and they don't have that there and i believe the last time i went to a con there and i won't say which specifically which ones they were when they did panels it was in the area it, it, there was no private area to do so they had to do it in an area where you could still hear noise coming from there there was no block of sound you knew there was no uh not that any of them have like soundproof walls but it it still blocks away some sound that you could hear from uh any other rooms where there's any distractions and stuff like that so for for wizard world comic-con this is not the place this is not the place for that and oh god they got nra conventions and everything there i mean it's a fun place to have little small events and everything but it, when it comes down to it it's just i don't think it's the really it's it's a to me it's a it's a definite is it's definitely a diluted uh aspect to what wizard world have and wizard world unfortunately has fallen in the graces i first went to wizard world my first big con was wizard world and and it was in 2014 and it was a big deal i think the second time i went was um 2015 maybe or 2000 no it was 2016 i believe um which was okay as well but then years later i kept hearing it it just got worse and worse and worse and i just had less enthusiasm to go and it, it and the last time i went it's just like it just felt like it wasn't there and it's, it's just it's a shame and unfortunately I believe this is true, but this may be the last time Wizard World will be in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia, period. Like, they were scheduled to have a few more shows, and I think this may be the last one, and to have the last one there, it's just, it's, it's sad. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, having it in January, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, and unfortunately, the other thing, too, I didn't read anything on it as to whether people can get refunds if they are if they can't make that date or whatever like that. So we'll see as time goes by. But it's just sad. Um, I Like I said, I will have a, a friend of mine as a guest on the show. He's been um, to many of these events yearly. I mean, he goes to San Diego Comic-Con yearly. He goes to New York Comic-Con yearly and uh, he's been to Wizard World too. Um, I, we got a really cool story about it. I'll wait to talk to him with about 
in regards to what he does but um it's it's uh it's it's really sad it's really 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 sad so we will see and again as of right now keystone comic-con and new york comic-con are still headed to be going with the show in august in october august is where every company seems to be pushing their events to right now um we're trying to see if that's going to happen and if that is the case this may this third keystone comic-con may be the most important and i damn near may say the most successful to date because they will possibly be the first comic book convention that people can attend live and i think they're gonna make and they're, because of that is going to be very successful so let's hope that in time things can start to slowly open up and we can have these events and it's going to be it's going to be a challenge i know it's going to be a challenge for all of them shout out to betty shout out to mk shout out to uh, eddie uh, and, uh out there and you know all the cast over there at repop and um and keystone comic-con I, they're working their ass off right now and they have a huge challenge up ahead of them i'm i'm rooting for them i trust them immensely to do the right thing in this whole entire thing so um we will see we will see my last bit of news in this segment the latest episode of harley quinn was so awesome uh if you own the cw uh network uh the cw uh, i'm sorry not cw network the uh dc universe app and subscribe to them you gotta love all the content that they have here but all the new shows and exclusive shows that they have i think they've done a great job and the latest harley quinn tv series has just been awesome season two is just fantastic but this in particular episode it, it you know as, as comical as these shows have been this is a great comedy show they do still follow with a narrative they still have character development here do you still i mean it's not like just like a one-off adventure every single time or, or crazy chaotic type of situation that they have um there they actually do have some form of development that is sl- slowly sneaking its way into this show um this episode had commissioner gordon finally coming into terms with his alcohol addiction while barbara actually is uh you know reveals that she's batwoman harley and poison ivy ends up in bane's pit after being convicted of crimes against the injustice league so they finally caught up with her there um that that's a very interesting situation the barber situation especially that's that was um revealing because we didn't know when she was going to reveal herself to her father that she was batwoman and that changed everything for him because at there was a time where she actually felt or i'm sorry he actually felt that he wasn't doing enough that he fell off and you know so it wasn't really just him being comic comically uh drunk all the time there was a means to why he was being drunk why of his drinking problems and it now she decided to you know step up with him to um find out why you know he was drinking and try to stop him from drinking and really let him know how how she feels about him and the best way to do it was to reveal that you know she's he's been an inspiration to her and she's batwoman <laughs> so uh that that really lit a fire under um commissioner gordon and the commissioner gordon that we all know is back so that was a very interesting uh 
focal uh, focus point of that episode as well. But again, Harley Quinn and uh, Poison Ivy in Bane's uh, actual, you know, pit. And he was, I loved it because he played judge, jury, and, and um, well, he, no, he plays, he played more or less judge, but he also played, uh, what was it? Um, the warden of the pit, the same pit that we would see in, uh, Batman, uh, returns. Uh, I believe that was the one. Yes. Yeah, Batman. Now is it? No, that's not Batman returns. It's, um, I forgot the third what's the name of the third movie with Bane on there and Tom Hardy was playing um but he they brought the pit from that movie in there so she got those two got to stay in there along with uh Victor Saz and Killer Croc and all of those guys in there so I thought that was pretty funny those were some pretty funny moments actually the really funny moment about it was it, that it led to the appearance of George Lopez actually performing for the convicts which harley used uh as a plan to escape using his helicopter and i was wondering like is are they really going to get george lopez or are they just going to reference george lopez no george lopez was actually in the actual episode and i thought it was awesome he even mentions that he's in the pit and everything I, it was really hilarious i love the sophisticated nature of this show and all these really a-list celebrities and actors are in this show and it's it's so funny it's it's a hilarious if you haven't watched the show you need to watch the show um then the plan fails when harley forgets to make her bed uh in her cell and bane sends her to confinement as punishment this uh it it leads to ivy uh proceeding with the plan and which unfortunately fails. so the plan basically was for ivy to do stand-up and just pretty much roast everybody out in the crowd so they could start up a riot and it just did not work out for her in a sense so what she did however was to let her entire feelings out and that somehow worked somehow some way that she managed to succeed in making all of the uh, inmates rebel in in the pit and try to all escape out of there uh which leads to her and harley finally escaping the big surprise in all of this came at the end which led to harley and ivy you know just embracing themselves as to why they were free and embracing their each other's friendship which then evolved it then you know their feelings pretty much evolved when the two actually kiss intimately and i mean very intimately and they stopped for a minute looked at each other and all of a sudden the entire show went black normally the episode would go with their crazy um instrumental music at the end at in the end credit scene which i love no i love what they did here the the kiss ended in a non-traditional ending which didn't include the signature uh end credit music played at the end it just went to completely silent and I thought that it was a great way to end that show. So now it just leaves us all wanting to know what's going to happen here. Because now a, apparently a love triangle is beginning to form. You got Harley loving Ivy. And now you got Kite Man loving I, uh, Ivy as well. And they're supposed to be getting married. So a lot of there's a people who thought that Kite Man is going to get the bad end of this. It's very possible that Kite Man can get the bad end of this. But this is also if you watch this show then you know they kind of twist things around and who knows what could happen there's a possibility there's a possibility that the three can make a bind together who knows it, it, it's a thing 
<laughs> there, there are couples or thruples, uh, if I was, I was told correctly, um, that are out there that have this type of agreement. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with this. And uh, the show has just been nonstop. Every episode, there's not one bad episode. If you need a reason to watch or to subscribe to DC Universe, this show is a definite argument, along with a lot of other shows that they have on there. Uh, past, present, and recent that can definitely say that it's worth getting this. Uh, I mean, they started really slow and impressive, but now, going in, this app has become a powerhouse for comic book fans, especially for DC comic book fans. I think DC comic book fans should be very happy. I was told their um, comic book library has grown exponentially as well, so that also helps as well. So, I mean, if you're a fan of this app, man, go at it. It's it's awesome. And uh, every episode, you can watch the first season, complete first season of Harley Quinn on air. You can watch the recent episodes on air leading up to this. Just catch up with it. It's a lot of damn fun. Folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break come back and review the new movie scoob based on our favorite hanna-barbera dog and why you need to check this movie out we're going to talk about this movie and more right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of the latest animated movie from Warner Brothers Animation Group, and that is Scoob, based on our beloved, iconic Hanna-Barbera character, I guess now owned by Warner Brothers themselves. Um, This movie is absolutely awesome off the bat i just want to say i picked between this and bloodshot and i'm glad i made this decision to watch this first while it's still fresh and new and i'm actually i actually have it on my tv right now in my office my dog is actually right here with me we were watching it together it was really awesome and it's one of the most heartwarming movies that you're probably going to see this year as far as um animated movies uh the plot of this story takes you on a journey which begins with the origin of how shaggy and scooby met and then later it's uh, later on a few minutes later into the first segment it also leads into how the, the uh shaggy and scooby met the rest of the team freddie velma and daphne so they not only meet for the first time in halloween of all times they also got to crack their first case as shaggy basically got his candy stolen it was tossed into the haunted house and which they witnessed a ghost and of course velma 
Dinkley and all of her glory decided um, realized that there was it was not really a actual ghost and they figured it out cracked the case found out that this dude was hoarding a whole bunch of stolen appliances or whatnot and they cracked the first case from there which led them to doing what they're doing in the present day this story also leads the gang to face the greatest mystery that involves scooby being the key to what is said to be the dog apocalypse uh the gang seeks answers while teaming up with some of Hanna barbera's most iconic characters in saturday morning cartoons while trying to stop the evil dick dastardly yes the laugh olympics biggest villain uh dick dastardly from opening the doors to unleash the dog the ghost dog sarah uh Sabaris, who is voiced by the all ta- all ultimately talented fred tattashore so I want to talk about the performances here because I think they are what made this so good. Um, I had no problems with the majority of it. There was something I was a little bit skeptical, a little bit wary of, but it didn't take away. And I'll talk about that. Will Forte plays as Shaggy Norville Rogers. I didn't, I, I don't remember if I recall because I knew they revealed uh, Shaggy's name before in another cartoon or another movie or whatever like that. But just i never remember that they did not to the extent that they did um but unfortunately of course we did we don't have casey Kasem, who was the original voice of shaggy to be to honor uh and reprise the role but will forte did a really really good job and i think casey Kasem will be very proud in his performance of this character uh he, he I, I think he was just performed plus in all honesty if will forte really does kind of look like shaggy <laughs> to some extent so I, it, it was a great pick for him great casting role for him uh he really captured the beatnik hipster to a t on this one uh scooby is respectfully rep- uh, reprised as the uh by the great frank welker yes megatron himself amongst other uh, voices but come on he's megatron let's not even go there but um you know uh now he wasn't the original voice of scooby but he is definitely the most appropriate to do it and just bringing him into this movie it really it's uh, it's all about respect frank walker is a legend in the voice acting business um he's done some of the most iconic characters in the world and scooby is just another one but he will always be Megatron for me. <laughs> and if he ever comes on the show and does that as a, as a one-liner for my show, I will freak. I will so freak out. Um, Amanda Seyfried, uh, uh, who played on Ted 2. That's where I remember her from. She played Daphne Blake. Uh, and, you know, she did a pretty good job. This was good as what you would expect from the character and her performance. Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin. Uh who stars in Jane of Virgin, the main star of Jane of Virgin, as Velma Dinkley, also made for um, a convincing performance as everybody's favorite genius in uh, Secret Crush, I might add. <laughs> so you got that. Zach Efron, no. Zach Efron plays Freddy. I think this was a perfect casting role for him. Uh, he played Fred Jones and maybe one of the standouts in the in Teen Scooby outside of Shaggy and Scooby themselves. Uh, Efron's version was not as nearly as jock themed like a he, normally he played before the 70s version or like uh scooby-doo where are you after that and after the scooby-doo mysteries did later sh- cartoons started making freddy sort of a numbskull uh a pup named scooby-doo especially which i he was hilarious in that one uh when they were just the kids in, in there and um 
he was he was a he was a knucklehead. He always blamed Red Herring for everything. A pup named Scooby Doo is one of my all time favorite Scoobies, bar none. But he did a great job uh, here. He wasn't as stupid or idiotic in this, but he was part jock, part idiotic, and but he was still a team, a great team player. He he provided the strength of the team. Um, what really really impressed me though. And what really drew me to want to get this, and shout out to Dan Matthews for this, because he kind of, we kind of were on the same plane with this, the appearance of Blue Falcon and Dynamut in this movie. It was like, how can you not? I'm sorry, I, Vin Diesel. I'm sorry, man. I'll check you out next week, but <laughs> Dynamut and Blue Falcon, love those two characters in there. And who of all people to play uh, uh, the uh, Blue Falcon was mark Wahlberg of all people who played brian the new blue falcon the son of the original and he was just fantastic uh we have a younger version with a new narrative and brian needing to prove himself and to team blue falcon that he is as good as his father what i loved about this is that it it, it just brought something fresh and new to that character and possibly something more um dynamut played by ken jones and I absolutely loved his portrayal. I think he was even more of a standout than Mark Wahlberg playing as uh, Blue Falcon. Um, it, it, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, he was my other major standout of this movie. He played this character perfectly as a more evolved and dynamic version than the old original Hanna-Barbera um, Han- character. Uh, that yeah, he brings a Ken John um, brings a more modern day approach to the iconic character who plays as more of a tutor or mentor to Brian and lightly, uh, most likely, uh, helps him sort of lightly help him uh, to become the hero he was destined to be. And I, I love this, you know, you got the main story of Scooby and Shaggy and, and the gang going in their mystery, which intertwines with theirs, but there's a there's a side story to the whole Blue Falcon and Dynamut storyline here. So you got that. Then you got Kersey uh, Clemens, uh, who is a new, plays a new character named Dee Dee Sykes and is a very, very, very welcome addition to the WB Hanna-Barbera universe as she plays as Blue Falcon's other partner, slash tech wizard slash the uh, voice of reason along with dynamite those two look at brian as like um you sh- think this is a good idea these these are the critical they play the critical thinking portion of team blue falcon in here uh where brian is just like he's everywhere but one direction in here so she gels beautifully with this team and i love the way they designed her i love the fact that you know there's a african-american representation or black representation in here now and an appropriate look i love the way that they designed her uh her hair would uh would it be braided like that she didn't seem like a side character at all she seemed like actually the brains behind the team along with dynamite and it was just really really cool to have her in there it was really awesome uh so she played she she didn't play second fiddle at all um the combination of and focus on the three and this movie led me to believe that there may be something in the works later on 
with them. Like they can have rather their standalone movie or animated series, which I would gladly accept and watch. I really enjoyed what they did with this. And I hope that this was just not for a one-time thing. This is, it, it just didn't feel like it was just a one-time thing in here. So you also had Jason Isaacs, who plays Hannibal Barra's most beloved and feared villain, Dick Dastardly, and lives up to the name. Uh, much like uh, Ken Jones' portrayal of Dynamut, Isaac portrayed uh, his portrayal basically was also modernized, but not too far off that nostalgic fans would lose touch with him. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, a really interesting appearance from Simon Cowell as himself. And uh, he basically makes his appearance on here, uh, a surprising appearance, as he is interested in investing in Mystery Inc. Outside of pop, you know, music. It's really, really interesting. Uh, but he refuses due to the due to his doubts about Shaggy and Scooby. And this is where this story really starts to come into fruition and it really starts to, you know, come together. And uh he just felt that they weren't strong enough assets to the team and he didn't want to invest in that, but he would, he would, um, instead invest if they weren't a part of the team. It really upset at Shaggy and Scoop to the point that they took their comically cartoonish large, uh, sandwich and the fries away from the team. And this also led to a whole bunch of things going on from that point on, such as Dick Dashley trying to come after Scoob, uh, because like I said, like I said in the beginning, he is the key to what's destined or clandestine to happen later on. I also want to point out Dick Dashley, Dick Dashley's um, little minions, which are these little robots that turn from like scorpion like robots to these little cute robots at any point when they want to be cutesy. They transform into this like really cute bot. But when they want to kill you, they transform into scorpion bots with like <laughs> with uh, chainsaws for claws. It's really awesome. <laughs> now, my one big eh moment here was Tracy Morgan who played as one uh, the one and only Captain Caveman. This is the only role I have reserves with as much as I love Tracy Morgan. I love the last OG. I love Tracy Morgan in general. You know, um, hustle man himself, man. He's, <laughs> I love him. Loved everything about him. But I did not entirely like his this performance as everybody's favorite superhuman caveman from Bedrock. While his performance was good, don't get me twisted. It was it was good, and it was you know sound. It, it it you know it was as sound as can be as far as you know performance. His voice did not pick up with me as you know like the original did, and it's hard to compare Tracy Morgan to the talent of the legendary voice played originally by Mel Blanc. It's hard to do that. You can't do what Mel Blanc has done. Even Tracy Morgan is a great talent in his own right. He has his niche, but when it comes to doing that character, it's so iconic to hear Mel Blanc's voice. And I'm speaking from my generation. If you're a new kid growing up who don't know who uh, Captain Caveman is, you won't be bothered by this. And at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't really matter in this case because it is catered to the newer generation. It is nostalgic to the older generation. With that said, it doesn't take away from the performance. I, I think he did a great job. I just felt like, boy, I think he did a really good job. Not great, but 
I just think that as, as far as the voice quality that I'm used to when I hear Captain Caveman and his I and his uh his signature yell, I think that's what it kind of kills off. And he did the signature yell, and it didn't live up to the standards of what I thought it should be, and maybe some other nostalgic fans would it be. Because uh, it's like if, if you put it his version and you put, you know, Mel Blanc's version to it, Mel Blanc's will blow it out of the water. Now, the funny thing, the fact that Mel Blanc did this it was the original voice of Captain Caveman and many, many, many others in the, in the Warner Brothers and Hanna-Barbera world. They had the perfect talented dude to possibly do an accurate Captain Caveman uh, performance and portrayal but instead they had him play a ghost dog who didn't make any noise at all and I'm talking about Fred Tattashore here Fred Tattashore you heard his voice at the beginning at this sh- of this show or I'm sorry at the beginning of the segment actually um you listen to his voice and you if you're a fan of Fred Tattashore and you know all the stuff that he's done from Soldier 76 to Ghost Rider on Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 he's the Incredible Hulk on every single animated series ever of everything you know his range goes extremely far and you just know that he can pull that off with ease I I, I really just I, I he would have nailed this role <laughs> he pretty much sounds like the character already um it's just, it's just amazing i mean with all that said it didn't take like i said it didn't take away from it but it, it just goes to show that it was clearly about about having star power in there as opposed to having quality ac- or accuracy into it so i mean like i said it didn't take away from it but i thought that was the one eh moment for me that was like it was that was all right it's just like uh they i think they could have found a better voice for him or at least put tracy morgan in another role in the movie you know i think it would have been much better but fred fred tattashire would have killed that uh performance as captain caveman he was played the ghost dog which was just grunt noises as a dog noise all the time I mean, he did he does phenomenal everything he does this was like this was a cakewalk for him so uh, i want to talk about memorable moments here too as well i mean the very beginning of the movie where you uh hear Tupac and Dre's California Love as we see Scooby and Sha- uh Scoob and Shaggy first met and um Scooby stealing the um the souvlaki meat from uh skewer from the uh from the Greek uh store or the Greek stand that look a hell of a lot like the Greek uh stand in South Street here in Philadelphia. I just thought that was really interesting. Um so that was awesome that they played that. Um also talking about the first meeting of scooby and shaggy possibly the most heartwarming moment of the year came from when those two first met and seeing scooby as a puppy scooby as a pup was just so awesome he was just the cutest thing in the world and it just reminded me of how when my uh, dog was a pup it's just stinking adorable um absolutely loved it uh another scene that i love seeing uh, both daphne as wonder woman and velma as ruth bader ginsburg for halloween was a great tribute to female empowerment in my opinion um both celebrating powerful symbols both in fiction and in real life i really enjoyed that they gave respect to uh the ruth bader ginsburg it was it's just awesome uh she is a superstar to a lot of people 
and for a lot of great reasons. Note, I do want to note this too. I did look this up and note, uh, give note. The young Velma in that scene uh, was played by uh, our, it was Ariana Greenblatt, who also played young Gamora in Avengers Infinity War. This is the same little girl who played in there and, and is the voice of Velma. So I thought that was pretty awesome too. Dynamite. Oh, this was this was the line. This was the line of the entire movie for me. This was the I, I watched this twice. The first time I watched this, I think it was after I did the select start show, and I was drifting off because I just came from my thirty mile um, bike ride, and I was just spent. So I didn't watch it. I completely. I watched it the second day and missed, and realized a lot of what I missed. And I'm glad I did this too because I would have missed this line. I would not give it his due. This was the line of all lines on this movie. Dynamite reminding Brian, aka Black Falcon, that the last time he listened to the internet, someone on the internet thought, uh, wait, how did he put it? Last time you were listening to the uh, to someone on the internet, you thought Tinder was an app that delivers firewood. And when, I, when he said that, I literally had that mouth open hands covered in a mouth even though i'm not supposed to touch my face apparently it was one of those moments like i can't believe they even mentioned tinder in this cartoon if you if you if you know what tinder is i mean it is what it is tinder is a quote-unquote dating or shacking site and the fact that that was mentioned on here i and, and it's such a and by the way, such a tasteful type of way without really explaining what it is. It was this was the big tongue in cheek joke for adults because no kid of a certain age is going to know exactly what Tinder is. I went to hell crazy over that line. It was like that was just I I, I, I died laughing. I was like, I was in total shock that I can't believe that he even mentioned that in here. Um, also, Dick Dastardly telling Scooby that his friends call him Dick with a D. Again, it was like, wow, they they are they want to make sure that both adults and uh, <laughs> and kids enjoy this, and we did. We absolutely did. Seeing uh, Scooby Doo in Black Falcon gear was pretty cool. That was a pivotal moment where Shaggy was getting jealous over Scooby. You know going through other things as well and i guess the last thing uh, you know i would give some credit to the captain caveman scene i did like the scene even though i wasn't a big fan of tracy morgan's portrayal i still like the scene tracy morgan didn't do as bad i just felt that somebody else could have done it better so i will put that in here as well um and and seeing the return and reuniting uh reuniting of muttley you can't have Dick Dashley without Butley. And then I, you know, after a while, it, I, I, Dick Dashley in there, I really thought about, you know what, where the hell is Mutley in all this? And apparently they gave the backstory of that. And, you know, lo and behold, it was there. I thought they, overall, they did a great job. Overall, this was a fantastic uh, movie and my favorite 3D movie this year so far. I don't know what other 3D films are going to be coming out due to COVID-19 or whatever like that, but uh Hopefully, I really hope this becomes as successful as it deserves to be uh, with with sales. This deserves. By the way, I got to mention this. I got to mention this real quick before I continue my overall thoughts and grade. Amazon think they slick. They put this thing up for twenty four ninety nine. 
But if you want to rent it, it's $19.99. So they putting you in a predicament here is to say, okay, why would I rent this for just only like less than five, six bucks more? I can own this. Kudos, Amazon for this or it or any other i am not sure if um apple tv is doing the same or whatever like that but i just thought that was really really interesting or i i don't know if they were the responsible for it or is it the actual you know uh is it the studios that decided to do it that way but i, I thought that was just like that's kind of ill <laughs> that's not a really cool thing to do in a sense um i would at least gave it like ten dollars down or to you know to rent it at least but 1999 you might as well just buy the whole damn thing and keep it whether you like it or not it's like you might whereas and it might be the studio thing because bloodshot is now out for rent but they i think it's only 499 to rent it on there and i think I'm, that's what i'm gonna do with bloodshot i don't think i'm gonna own bloodshot i want to rent this this one i actually did want to own so i went in to went for the full price here um even with my reserves with Tracy Morgan's Captain America, uh, I'm sorry, Captain Caveman portrayal, it was it wasn't really as bad and didn't take away, but it was a very fun scene, and it connected to a great movie that fans of all ages can enjoy. Um, this was a win for me, and while it could not be in theaters for us uh, to see it together. I am glad that we can still see and enjoy the great work that Warner Brothers Studios and, and Warner Brothers Animated Studios have done once again. So with that said, I'm giving this a grade of an A. This is a solid A. I I can watch this over and over again. And for me, I'm it's hard. I, I don't want to say I'm a, a complete Scooby-Doo fan because I... I used to watch it, but I didn't really enjoy it as much up until a pup named Scooby-Doo. And then some of the, the 13 goes to Scooby-Doo was another one I liked. And the more present versions, because they made them, they were a lot more fun to watch. But this movie right here is probably the best of them all for me. So if you haven't got a chance to see this yet, if you're listening to this right now, you were wondering if you want to go see it. I give you I gave you more than enough reasons to want to watch this movie. So go at it. Enjoy it with your kids. Enjoy it by yourself. It doesn't matter. There's a lot to enjoy. So go and check it out, folks. That will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Like I said, next week, we are going to check out Bloodshot. We're going to see how that is. I've been hesitant about this, but we're going to check it out, see how it goes, and work on it from there. But I do want to say that for Select Start, uh, we have a lot of games to review. I've uh, invested in a lot of games I want to check out. This week is going to be the Wonderful 101, which premieres on Tuesday. And I'll probably have somewhat of a report on that, plus some other news, hopefully, that and maybe another game that I might want to talk about. But we'll we'll be talking about a lot of that stuff in the coming weeks uh, as to what I'm going to be what I'm playing currently and what I'm going to be doing. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And hopefully we'll get some more news going on. I know there's a one bit of news that I will be talking about in the game and the world of uh, fighting games uh, that has uh, been talked about this week as well. So definitely jump on the ball for that. But we will be keeping solid as much as possible and again i'll have my friend will work out a time when he could come on and jump on and talk about uh which, what his thoughts are and predictions are with uh comic book conventions and such over there as well and uh we'll just keep it going and who knows who may be stopping by at talk time live to have an interview here so 
if you want to check out all of our interviews with uh, game developers like Ben Fiquet and uh, Adam Tierney and and uh, Chris Hoffman from Way Forward or any of those guys over there or any voice actors that we have with Molly Flanagan and Amanda C. Miller and Tom Givis and Kyle A. Bear and uh, just name it. They're there. They're there for you to check out. They're timeless. Uh, just awesome interviews with some of the best in our favorite fandoms are there. You can go to TalkTimeLive.com, check those out there and enjoy it. You can go to our exclusives page at TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusives and check them out there. You can also go to all of your major platform streaming networks to check out the show and subscribe to the show as well. Uh, you can go to Spotify, which a lot of people are going to now, iHeartRadio, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Pocket Cast, and all Amazon devices. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you want to listen to this show. So go out of your way to check it out there. Folks, thank you so very much. And again, please remain safe. Be smart about your decisions and how you're going to handle this. Do not think you're immune. Educate yourself to understand what's really going on and to make the right decisions. Please. It's very important that you do that. And your unselfish, educated, and considerate ways can help us get through this quicker so we can all enjoy all of the things that we've been enjoying throughout the last few years so please 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 be safe so folks that will do it on behalf of myself this is Dak xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and have a great week people for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.